Our particular corner of the podcast universe will cover all aspects of media fandom, film, television, stage, music, and other media sources. My name is Melody Clark. I'm a professional writer, a fan fiction writer, and now I will be your podcast Sherpa. Welcome to FanFlack. Taylor, my friend, this one's for you. Happy birthday. R.J. Jameson has lived in California, New York City, and Washington, D.C. She's originally from Kansas, where she attended college. She enjoys reading and research more than the actual writing. And I think that's just about all writers. Now, won't you help me in welcoming R.J. Jameson, author of Grayson Hall, A Hard Act to Follow. RJ, you, let's see, this is the um, Grayson Hall biography was your first book? Yes. Wow. So that was, uh, you were a, a novice to it. Um, except I know you've been writing before, but uh, as for a biography, that was your first entree. Yes, yeah. I uh, have been interested in actors and actresses since age eight and reading about them and uh, had done a fair amount of writing in my, you know, full-time job. Right. <laughs> so um, I, this was my first opportunity to actually do a whole book. So are you a technical writer by trade? Uh, I'm a bureaucrat and I write oh. a lot of memos. <laughs> Say no more, I understand. And letters begging for money. That's what I do. Oh, yeah. Well, that's sort of uh, what we're all doing these days, If at least if you're a writer. Now, yeah. I, I know you also co-wrote a book with Craig, the late Craig Hamrick. Um, yes. That was the Dark Shadows book about all of the actors. Uh, yeah, the second edition of Barnabas and Company. Right, Exactly. Now, had you met any of the Dark Shadows actors prior all those to who, Yeah, all those who are still living, I've met uh, various occasions, either at festivals or to interview them. Um, so Right. And, but you had not met Grayson? No, no. She passed away the year I graduated from high school. Oh, wow. that's sad. Well, I knew who she was, apparently. I found an old journal of mine and I had seen Night at the Iguana and had made notes about it and about her performance in it. Oh wow. I don't really recall, but it's in my high school journal, so it's my struck goodness. Me. You were a pre Julian Grayson fan. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> well then what uh, you got involved into Dark Shadows fandom, is that well, began. I'll make this a shorter rather than a long story. Uh, I was at home ill one day and my boyfriend at the time had just gotten 500 cable channels and high speed internet. Woo! And I was sitting <laughs> at home and even though he had 500 channels, there was nothing on there that I wanted to watch. And it I came across is. Dark Shadows on the sci-fi channel. And I was like, oh yeah, my mom used to love this show. And she would rave about it and she had thought the name Angelique was a very cool name. I mean, we might have even had a cat named that. I don't recall. But I remember huh. my mother always liking uh, Quentin and Angelique. And so I started watching it. And I was down and out with uh, whatever it was for a couple of days. And so then I wandered over. I wandered over to his high-speed internet and just started doing, I think it was Alta Vista back then. Alta Vista Alta searches. Alta Vista, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, came across the, the Dark Shadows tribute wing ring, and it was a whole ring of all these Dark Shadows sites. And uh, I came across um, the Restore the House, the Night of Dark Shadows film, and they were looking for someone uh, to do Grayson's voice. And I happened to know an actor in the Bay Area who I thought could do it. Right. So. 
I contacted uh, Darren, uh, the person who's been behind that for many years, and uh, he sent me the script, and I recorded my friend and set the tape down, and uh, he didn't get it, but he asked me to stay involved and watch what's going on in Dark Shadows, and I said, okay, and so I started recording it every day at 11 and coming home from work and watching it, and um, Grayson sucked me in. So Yeah, she tends to do that. The, yeah. uh, now you um so that got you into dark shadows and then yeah. your focus um became more on Grayson and her um her past roles and her dark shadows work and now how did you become acquainted with Stephen Shutt? uh through a uh yahoo group list bye bye yahoo group list um yes there's one that's been run for over several years when all this was happening with my friend the actor Matthew Martin I found the Julia list and uh the group list the Julia list and uh just started um talking with people on there and it was still on the air so there was a lot to you know gossip about and joke about and uh, delve deeply into the stories every day and um, make light of certain things and uh, then uncover emotional hidden truths through other things that resonated with us. Ah, yes. Yes. And um, Steve and I just always seemed to be on the same sort of wavelength about everything. And we started communicating off list and that's, and then, um, and then we got to know each other that way. Yeah. I had spoken with Stephen. Stephen, we should say uh, initially was the one who spearheaded the Grayson Hall biography and uh, collected material and interviewed people. He interviewed me. Um, he interviewed a lot of the old fans who still had contacts or had had contacts with Grayson. And uh, then, of course, you interviewed me. And uh, so, Stephen, and you sort of started to collaborate? No. Uh, at the time, let's see, this was back around 2002, 2003, maybe. I just moved to New York and I told him that I would be happy to help go. I had access, you know, to records and I could go to the Billy Rose theater collection there at Lincoln center, which is a public library for theater right? arts and film and TV. And I was happy to go there and do research for him. And I made that offer a couple of times and uh, Steve has so many, Steve has so many different and varied interests, you know um, he would say, Oh, look into this, look into that. And I would get it done pretty quickly because actually Lincoln Center was my front yard. So it was right there. I could hop over and research something rather quickly. And at one point, he was kind of insinuating that he thought I should take it over, that he really didn't have the energy to put into it anymore. And I was thinking of other people we should talk to, Um, you know, her family, uh, colleagues, that sort of thing. And, you know, just given his distance, he didn't have the inclination to do that. And so he sort of insinuated and I, I really wanted to say yes, yes, but I didn't want to seem too um, eager because it had been a project of his. And then a year went by and he finally said, why don't you just do it? And I said, okay, I will. <laughs> well, you and, know, um, <laughs> you were in actually the perfect place. You were in New York, so you had a lot of uh, things you could get to that he couldn't. Yes. And I just had, because of my professional life, I think I had a bit more, um, I wasn't as, didn't have the same trepidation about approaching people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew people who knew people. And so I knew how to get to people that, well, if you're just well, coming there, you know, you're just sitting in Indiana. You don't know <laughs> how to get in touch with people who, you know, Meryl Streep or Sylvia right. Miles. You don't know how to exactly. do all that. And yeah. you, uh, of course, you eventually got the full cooperation of Sam and Matt. Yes. Um, Sam and Matt Hall, of course, being her husband and son. And I know they gave you a lot of information and were very helpful in continuing the project. Yes. um, Matthew and I became quite friendly and uh, I spent Thanksgivings there and all kinds of stuff. And uh, 
met his wife and their two wonderful sons who are all mm-hmm. now so old, graduating from high <laughs> school. It was so funny to go to the house, you know, the apartment and see there's no toys on everywhere, you know, just even photographs. I'm like, where are all the toys? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I got to meet Sam, uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, Sam a couple of times. I saw a couple a play that he had staged in Dutchess County. And then I uh, spent a wonderful entire day with him and ah. saw him a couple other times in the city. And so oh, they are uh, Matt and Cecilia are just wonderful people and they have been wonderful parents. Their their boys are amazing. And Sam, of course, was, you know, he was the original uh, man from Ohio. So. <laughs> now, it, who else uh, did you interview for the biography? Um, well, Sylvia Miles opened a door for me. That was ah. great. Um, of course, she recently passed. Right. And um, I had so many odd run-ins after I, I met Sylvia and um, talked to her for about the book. She considered Grayson her best friend. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure that was mutual, but that's what Sylvia felt. And uh, I would Grayson. be walking down the, the street uh, two years later, and there would be Sylvia. And she'd be, Rebecca, why don't we get together? We were supposed to have dinner. And I was like, I can't believe you remember who I am. Such a small tangent off of her life. But she did. She had some sort of eidetic memory for people. Yeah. she? I think Grayson had about 500 best friends <laughs> but uh sylvia was definitely one of them and uh she was she was such a sweetheart after grayson passed i had uh sent her a copy of the a gift of memory which uh-huh. uh, was the fanzine that i put together and she wrote me a lovely note and uh all of grayson's friends were just as our even now the ones that are still with us are just as approachable and friendly as she was and you know Grayson was a, a tornado in your face yeah right. <laughs> now what's uh, of all the things you learned is there anything that really surprised you about Grayson that she loved to ski oh, wow. oh yeah yeah. I just didn't see that coming. <laughs> Cross country skiing. They loved it. She and Sam. Yep. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. No, after her first marriage ended, she went to Canada and skied for a couple of months trying mm-hmm. to get over the heartbreak. Yeah. With the well, infamous Ted. <laughs> who? With her Ted. Ted. <laughs> Ted. I'm, I'm no, doing no, quotation no. marks, you know, Ted. He doesn't really exist, you know. No, he but, don't exist. But, well, he yeah. doesn't now, but I, mean, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, she she actually was in. She knew what happened to him. I don't know how much she talked about it, but uh, yeah. uh, later in like the late seventies, early eighties, she was in that play. Um, it was a horror play, Veronica's Club, no, Veronica's Room. Oh yes, Veronica's Room. Yeah, and uh, her friend, Cecilia Pulitzer, uh, went to see her do that. Right. And Cecilia told me that uh, he lived in the area. And she kept saying, aren't you going to call him? Aren't you going to call him? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And she was like, no, no. So. Why on earth would she do that? Right. uh, But no, she, um, she had, I think that was one of the things that, bonded her with Sam is that he actually uh, fell into skiing, so to speak, uh, literally at first. And then um, the two of them would go cross-country skiing. And uh, I think that probably was one of their early bond sources. Um, the uh, So the skiing surprised you. Um, the thing I always hear from people who encountered her was how warm and direct she was and warm in a different way. She was definitely not, you know, a hugger, but she'd get in your face and she'd, you know, tell you, uh, in fact, uh, Smay Spalding Davis, who was the editor of our dark shadows companion. She had been an editor at the time 
of Dark Shadows at Time Magazine. Mm. And apparently Grayson was quite well known for getting in everyone's face and being very upfront about various issues. And uh, then again, that was just the way she was. Now, Tay, I believe you had a question, didn't you? No, I was just going to say the reason I brought Ted up is because that's my favorite picture of her with him when she's young. I just think she's absolutely astonishing in it. And I do have a question about that picture. Was that something she kept, RJ? Yeah, both of those. There were two photos with Ted. One uh, is the one with the pipe. Uh, yes. where it's a back on the back, it said, um, hung over from New Year's Eve or yes. something. Like that. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then the other one was like a studio portrait. Yeah. She kept both of those. So I figured, yeah. I figured she had, but I, I just wasn't for sure. You know, I don't, we don't know what the, you know, what happened with them. So I didn't, I, I wasn't for sure. Well, I heard, I heard the version of events from her perspective. Of course, we're all... Is somebody drinking? I hear some stuff in the back. Yes, I hear something, too. Uh, no, I'm not. That's <laughs> odd. Okay. Well, I can cut that out. Don't worry about it. Um, anyway, the... Uh, I'm trying to remember where I was. Oh, yes, Ted. Oh, Ted. She, she didn't talk a lot about it, but what she said, it was clear that he was her first love. And uh, for some reason, um, it just fell apart. So, but that happens that way when you're that age. Exactly. Um, Now, um, you know, one of the main problems I have with Dark Shadows fandom, and most of the fandom I love, and I've been a part of it at some level for 40 years now, Good grief, I have been. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're sitting down. <laughs> oh, my heavens. The, um, especially in the early days, the treatment of Grayson was horrific. And there was just a great deal of cruelty uh, toward her. And I wonder if you've seen that in any of your um, connecting with people to interview them, the fans, or anything else you'd like to offer? Well, I did notice uh, a lack of presence for for her character, given the sheer number of episodes she was on and the fact that she's clearly the leading lady. I mean, I know somebody else probably got paid to be the leading lady, but and she was one cool, but uh, she wasn't on nearly as many episodes and she was never very pivotal to any of these story arcs, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I I did come into it. I came in around 1999, 2000 and uh, I went to the first festival was at the Marriott Marquis in, in, uh, not the Marriott Marquis, the Marriott uh, World Trade Center. Right. And, uh, and then I um, went to one in Southern California a year or two later. And um, I've been a member of the Julia list and we, everybody lamented that, that uh, she didn't seem to get her due. And uh, why was that? And I said, well, we need to make it more obvious that she has fans. And they're like, how do we do that? And I said, well, let's all wear T-shirts. And so I had T-shirts made and we all had red T-shirts with Grayson Hall's face on our chest. And that's how we all started finding her. (laughs) Well, you know, this is what always surprises me is that it's been obvious to me from very early on that there were more Grayson fans than there were for instance, Triangle fans or, you know, the, the Quinton fans or whatever. And the from the very beginning of my experience in fandom, which is about 1978, 79. Oh, God. I'm old. <laughs> I can't believe I've been in it almost 28 years this January, so... Well, you know, this is the thing most people or many people don't understand is fandom is a social circle. Yeah. You, yeah. It becomes that you know all of these people. And I know most of the actors by their first names and know their 
families and their kids. And I don't know them well, but I know them well enough to say hello, that kind of thing. And uh, the, I have been in the fandom, but not actively a part of it for probably 25, 30 years. Well, that brings me to a little question, if I could ask. I saw someone um, say the other day that once they met the, the stars, when they watch Dark Shadows back now, it makes it less magical to them. Do you feel that way? Oh, not at all. Okay. I thought what, that was a strange answer. No, it's almost like two entirely different groups of people. I don't know. Rebecca, do you feel that way? No, no. Uh, it's, uh, if anything, learning, you know, more about Grayson's private life and, you know, being in her home and in a, in a bathroom I know she used at one point, it made it all the more <laughs> magical, you know? See, that's how I would feel because I've never been, I've never met any of them. I never was able to get to a um, convention and they're no longer had. So, you know. Well, I would say... Have- Going back to Melody's original question, I did see a change in the few years that I was in fandom and going to the festivals. I did see a change in the amount of respect she was given and attention. And um, when people would stand up and ask questions about her, the whole audience would erupt in applause. Wow, that's great. It is actually actually often been the case. And I think we've just been so shouted out there is i don't mean to sound like a a shipper fan but there is this angelique um or angelique contingent that um is very pro angelique and that sort of thing and it seems you can't be pro angelique and still be pro julia right so it, it becomes a silly nonsense and we have to understand that uh we all are in our own fanish bubble, and we can believe what we want to, and let everybody else do the same. And uh, good. It's grief also with- the case that that she passed away. She never did attend a fan event, so her and presence the- there was never, you know, felt. Well, she did attend the Grayson gathering. Which yeah. was the the gathering I put together and then couldn't attend. Oh, at uh, Tavern on the Green. Yes, the one at Tavern on the Green. Beth Clapper and and Marcy Robin represented me, yeah. and uh, the I of course went two months later and spent um, several days with Grayson and, and uh, you know off and on. <laughs> uh, I got to see the. Um, uh, Wildercliff and various other things, but the um, I really was very disappointed to miss Tavern on the Green since that was the one fan event she went to, and the reason she totally shut out and ignored in the Master of Dark Shadows. Yeah, so, that was very upsetting. At least I feel that way. And uh, Rebecca, I don't know what your thoughts are on it. I know we've spoken about it briefly. I didn't see it because that's what I under—I understood there wasn't really any acknowledgement. And they don't uh, even mention her name. Yeah, they certainly so. show lots of footage of her. So they take great um, advantage of, of her contributions to the show. But they don't even honor her with a name. But um, now, okay, let's get back to positive things. Yes, <laughs> you can't. You can't tell that I'm in pain. I'm sorry. You're I'm, fine, uh, honey. Barely dragging along. But uh, um, Rebecca, who's what was your favorite character of hers? Oh, um, well, I really like Pepe in that movie that we shall not name. Uh, oh no! I'm I'm sorry. Let let me say, it is the official perspective of this podcast that Satan in high heels does not exist, and if it does exist, it does not feature anyone named Grayson Hall. 
<laughs> well, her impersonator does a fine job in the film. <laughs> this Shirley Grayson, I'm sure, looks a lot like her. Yeah. Yeah. And sounds like her, I'm told. I, I don't know. I've never seen the movie. She d- turns the phrase the same way. Uh, she holds her cigarette the same way. <laughs> well, I uh, I fan- I prefer to remain unscathed by the living dead. Right. So I w- uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will not. I also, uh, Ju- Judith Fellows from Night at the Iguana. I think that's a sublime performance on her behalf. Oh on her yes, part. absolutely. And, um, you know, even Burton and Houston remarked very positively about working with her and what she did on that film. Yes. Yeah. And I would really have would like to see the cutting room floor scenes that were taken out of an otherwise really annoying film with Stacey Keach called End of the Road. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. The three scenes that she really was proud of all ended up on the floor and I've read the book so I know what the scenes entail and I would have really liked to have seen those it It was based on a Saul Bellow book yes yeah I know she was very disappointed that uh, she was edited out so extremely just like Uh, she was with not of dark shadows yes yeah well to show you the the spiritual uh, impact of Grayson Hall I must tell you I just got a um notice on my laptop that uh, the Satan in High Heels picture I had on a website was saved to Pinterest. (laughs) Wow. So (laughs) I'm afraid we've we've had a comment from the peanut gallery. (laughs) It 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 amazes me because uh, we had someone in one of the Dark Shadows fan- Facebook groups um, comment about Grayson being the worst actress. And, of course, I said something to the um, effect that, uh, oh, well, you'll have to tell that to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences that nominated her for an Oscar. And he seemed very surprised, although I have my suspicions about who he was. But uh, <laughs> it... It sadly, I'm afraid Grayson's uh, the really high quality material she did has been eclipsed by Dark Shadows. And but then again, it's this is what she's known for and what she's loved for. And what about your favorite Dark Shadows character? Yeah, I was curious about that. Oh well, of course, the lady with the hypo. <laughs> <laughs> Hypo and the bag full of sedatives, Dr. Julia Hoffman. Yes, the one and only. And uh, I like the Countess. I've never seen all of uh, the alternate parallel 1971, so I've never seen the housekeeper Hoffman. Yeah. Oh, you haven't? She was. I have not. And uh, I I was in New York City when that was airing, and it went, uh, they took that off my channel lineup, so I went several months without seeing it. Well, we must sometime um, get together, all of us, and we shall watch that because it's rather magical to see uh, her work as Hoffman. She's great as Hoffman. Great. But uh, so you what about Magda? How do you feel about Magda? Um, I like Magda a lot. Um, I like Magda a lot, but I think Dr. Hoffman's my. Yes. My. Andre character. Mine too, and my hero of my childhood. And yeah. Grayson would always say, But she's such a wimp. <laughs> she's such a tight ass. I heard her she said, yeah, she's such a tight ass. She said she should have just slapped Barnabas upside the head. And yeah. Said, well, yeah, maybe so, but uh, anyway, she <laughs> she would admit to liking the character though, if you put her to it. Yeah, she had her way with her. I mean, she evolved and she made her more her. Uh, Grayson's uh, real personality came out around the edges. Yes, exactly. And, of course, the the sad part of it is they dressed her down Mm -hmm. considerably in the later years of the the show. And uh, the um, crisp and uh, on-the-edge Dr. Hoffman 
was not as uh, prevalent in the later years, but uh, she certainly was early on, and that's what. She seemed to have only two suits, the green one and the rust one. Yes, yes. <laughs> and as Grayson would say, all that goddamn tweed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, you know, I always ask this because... Uh, I'm I'm something of a of an agnostic, but I do have spiritual notions that I have. I, do you feel any kind of connection to Grayson? Yes, definitely. Yeah, she she does that with all almost all of her fans. It it's very odd, but nearly all of her true fans have feel uh, you know every once in a while. Uh, a kick in the ribs or <laughs> <laughs> when I was um, working on the book and this would have been in 2004, five and six, there would be occasions where I wasn't working very hard on it. And one, it, there were several incidents, but the one that was <clears throat> most obvious and witnessed by other people <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> she loves doing was, that. Right. I was at home and uh, I think this is when I was trying to reach out to, um, Oh, the critic at the. Uh, uh, Do it one more time. What about Michael Feingold? Do you have any interesting stories about him? Well, um, how far did I get in my story? Mm, you were well, reaching out to him. You weren't really working on the project. And I kept hearing the tap, tap, tap. Yes. And yeah. I gone and looked around the room. I um, wasn't reaching out to him. I was probably just going to read a book or something. And I kept hearing the tap, tap, tap again. So I get <laughs> up and I'm like, where is this water? Where is it dripping? And I moved closer and closer to my bureau, which had a photograph of Grayson in costume from House of Dark Shadows. Ah. It was a framed photo that someone had given me to wish me luck on the project. And as I stepped closer and closer and closer, the tap, tap, tap was from the photo. Oh, wow. I grabbed it and write it on the, on my bureau. And I said, okay, okay, I'll go email him right now. I'll go email him right now. <laughs> Good girl. So, so I did have some email exchange with him, but uh, I did not end up unfortunately getting to talk with him, but uh, we were able to use part of his uh, very touching obituary to Grayson from the village voice. Uh, Wasn't it wonderful? Oh, yeah. it was beautiful. It really was. It, was beautiful. Um, it uh, you could almost hear Grayson saying, oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, um, you know, I, there was uh, a question that you had, Taylor, about Broadway. Oh, well, yeah, what I was going to ask is uh, just, I'm going to just butter you up for just a second, but I probably read your book at least five times because I find her... <laughs> so fascinating but um i can't remember if this was in there or not but is there any uh film of any of her performances on on stage anywhere not that i'm aware of okay. there is just a cassette tape of happy end okay uh, but there are tv performances correct there are a number of them yeah um I well, know she had, that she made television movies. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, in the yeah. early days of television, I have VHS copies of a few of them somewhere in my house. Okay, and uh, I would um, <laughs> use the her hated uh, VHS machine or VTR, mm -hmm. as they were called back then. But um, she did a number of TV appearances. She also um, I know that uh, there was at least, oh, the the poet, she did the, um, she recited her It was poetry. an Edith uh, Sitwell poem, yeah. Thank you, thank you, yes. And I, that actually leads to a, a, another interesting uh, encounter with Grayson, um, but I'll, I'll get to that later. Anyway, she, there are a number of things that have been um, preserved of her work and hopefully um at some point though some younger and more energetic person than we are will <laughs> will put it all together 
And I know there there are so many young young fans these days that uh, where the uh, Dark Shadows has started anew uh, to a whole new generation. Yeah, yeah I know that uh, her first film, The Run Across the River, is at Harvard, and yes. I'm told it's supposed to come out. Um, Stephen was told it was, but I said, well, it's time to email that librarian again and find out what the deal is. <laughs> yes. Well, um, you know, it, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Tay. No, I was just agreeing. And I think Pearson has a line on a couple of other things, but uh, I haven't checked in with him about them in a couple of years. Jim has a pull with everything and everyone everywhere. I have the opinion that he is somehow, do you know, I met him when he was a Baptist uh, college graduate and he was about 19 years old Wow! (laughs) and now he's become um, amazing. So I'm sure uh, Jim has, uh, links to a lot of things heaven knows he's the one that found uh that movie that doesn't exist uh, right <laughs> <laughs> the uh and i again will say it is the official perspective of the podcast <laughs> that it does not exist yeah now, i hope to speak to the other actress um oh, her name escapes me oh, right now oh surely something no, the, um, the, the, the Satan gal. Anyway, she. Oh, yeah. Her. Because she lives in, around Central Park South or Central Park West. And um, uh, I just uh, didn't get any uh, traction with her. So. Right. Well, I don't think any of them were terribly interested in promoting right. the film. Well, after... I, no, I wanted to talk to her. They were apparently good friends and I wanted to talk about their friendship. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, um, I did get to talk with not just Sylvia, but Frederick Kimball and Madeline Sherwood. Right. Madeline Sherwood right. has now passed on. And yes, he was deaf at the time. Um, it's profound hearing loss. So I did most of my discussions with Madeline uh, over email. It's so many of Grayson's friends have uh, passed yeah. now. And uh, her cousin Elsie, I think, um, passed not long ago. Yeah. Um, the uh oh we're old my friends no we're not no we're not i'm old you guys are still kids <laughs> now, <laughs> now what's the reception to the biography been like well i think the highest praise i got was from sam when he called me and he just was almost speechless with his praise <laughs> strange oh. and he asked me to send him several copies and he gave them out to people as stocking stuffers for that first year for Christmas. Wonderful. So, that is high praise. Yeah. It was, it is, it was very difficult to impress Sam Hall. So you have done something great. <laughs> well, the fact that there is a, I remember reading when Stephen was going to do it. I just found it on the internet somehow. Yes. And I was just, like oh my god they're like somebody's gonna actually do this because I couldn't like we've talked about you know her not getting her kudos and I was just like somebody is gonna actually do a Grayson Hall biography and then you know I saw it passed on to you RJ and I was just so happy when it came out because she deserved it she deserved this I was so glad to hear that RJ was taking over the project because I had been waiting for Stephen to push through with it. And it was the reason I never wrote anything substantive um, about her other than the fan scene. Mm-hmm. And I, as it happens, I'm just really bad at nonfiction. So <laughs> uh, I'm very glad I never did. I guess I uh, probably would never have lived it down. I'm having enough trouble with Dark Shadows Companion. But uh, <laughs> well, I really, I I really enjoyed doing it, and it was almost a spiritual experience where I just people were like, "How did you know how to do it?" or knew that you could do it. I'm like, I don't know. I just knew, and 
the way the book was d- divided up uh, it was just seemed natural and based on what I did and did not have. And, you know, the title just came to me in a dream and, um, you know, it was all very uh, sublime in how it happened. And uh, I really enjoyed doing it. Although I look back and I find typos and I did hear from one of her cousins and Sam and Matthew gotten her whole family history wrong. So I've got all these notes on things that <laughs> need to be updated, you know. That's all right. Well, look at, we were discussing her middle name. Yes. And she told me one thing and she told other people another. And, <laughs> and I always tend to go towards, I don't think she was lying at six years old and I do have her first grade papers. You know? Right. Exactly. Why would she be lying? You know? And like, uh, you didn't really know that that's the year she was born. And I'm like, she wasn't lying at six. It was no. like, exactly. <laughs> She hadn't started the the legend yet. Right. <laughs> it was Lied very early on. Get... And she did lie on her social security application. She All said she was yeah. on her social security application. To... Oh, no. Have we lost you again? I think we have. Crap. I think we have. All right. Let me bring her in just a minute. You'll have to edit out my crap. That's okay. Ah, yes. Oh, hi. you're back. Yeah. I don't know why it keeps cutting out. Hmm. Why's that? I don't know why. So. Oh, okay. Well, it's probably something in the ether. It's uh, other that or Grayson is editing us. That's so. right. She didn't want me talking about her lying about her age. And... That's there. You go, and that's yeah. what it cut out. Well. They, let me say yet again, it is the official perspective of FanFlock Podcast that Grayson Hall was whatever age she said she was. <laughs> At that particular moment in time, that's right. At that particular moment in time. As poor Matt can tell us about trying to change the age on her car. Or the um, B&B registration. The that- B&B registration, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, now, do you have other projects you're working on right now? Um, I have not been interested in writing anything for quite a long time, and I'm not the type of person to force myself. I know some think that you should, but I just wasn't into it. And um, just shortly ago, I was at a particular corner in San Francisco, and I smelled eucalyptus, and I looked down, and there was a plaque uh, that this, the site was um, – garden it was a a small municipal park in san francisco um about a person i think i'm interested in writing about now so Uh well very historical figure here in the san francisco area wouldn't be emperor norton by any chance no 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 her name was mary ellen pleasant oh yes okay i actually know someone uh gail fire who's a a writer who was Mm -hmm. a she and her husband sold flowers at the corner of Haight and Ashbury. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I knew about that lady through them. So yeah. that's, uh, this will also be cut out. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the wonderful thing about being, to ed- being able to edit. Right. The, um, so you have that coming and uh, is that something yeah. that you're going to publish through, um, Amazon, or are you going to professionally publish that? Or uh, It's too far into the future. I mean, I'm just starting to do my research, and I thought about writing about this person many, many years ago when I uh, lived in San Francisco in the 90s, and someone else wrote a book about her, and so I tossed it aside, and then I read the book with the, my book group, and none of us were terribly impressed with it, so... And I hadn't thought about her in terms of writing about her again until I said just recently. So um, there is a lot of research to do on writing about this woman. So Yes. I once wrote a biography on James Dean. And, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, there have only been 8,500 biographies on James Dean. So um, the, uh, of course, now that supposedly he was alive, (laughs) (laughs) yes yes just out of nowhere yeah so but um 
getting back to Grayson, um, you know, she um, she was both very much an actress, and yet she was so private, and she she expressed herself openly, but it was always the Grayson. It was always Grayson Hall. The persona? And, yes, her persona, rather than Shirley sure. Grossman Hall. Yeah. And she um, she had a part of herself that she reserved for very few people in many ways. And I wonder if you had had that experience in researching her and talking to her friends and family. Yes, there was a gentleman I came across. He had donated his um, papers to the uh, library there, the Billy Rose Theater collection. And I was reading his papers because Grayson had done a play of his in New Jersey with Alan Alda. Yes. And, mm. and his papers was a, a card from her. And of course, it said it was, you know, a standard um, note card. Uh, Grayson Hall said at the top and she was saying certain things thank you so much for blah 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 and she signed it surely mm -hmm. yep. and so I asked him about that and he says I don't know I mean he said that you know and in, in theater as one is actors the the, the crew everybody gets very uh, close intensely close for short periods of time and he says they were just genuinely extremely close for, you know, a few months. And uh, for some reason with him, she did let her guard down a bit and, and did refer, did let him call her Shirley. And uh, that's how she referred to herself in writing to him. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, um, it was interesting. They had, I also received the stationery and she in fact had um, a little sort of stick -em note um thing that uh, it said notes from Shirley oh. Oh, and cool. I always I always wondered if there were people who got the Grayson Hall stationery and only a few who got the note from Shirley but uh, and of course Sam had uh, the Allison Samuel Hall uh, yeah. stationery that very few people knew his real first name yeah it was his mother's maiden name I believe yeah yeah it was yeah. And uh, but the um, the wonderful thing about her is that she did have an almost childlike uh, protective measure that she would use. And uh, she did open herself to very few people and but in small and subtle ways, in different ways mm -hmm. with different people. At least that's my. Uh, well, perception. if you think much about her childhood it's very easy to understand she had a very difficult mother and a pretty much yes. an absent father and her mother was always you know I have a great deal of personal experience so I understand having this sort of dynamic between your parents and yeah uh, her mother was quite young when she was born I think yep. she had Shirley when she was 19 yep um, so, you know, and then, uh, Joe, Joseph, her dad, Joe was this gad about fly, gad about town gangster wannabe. So, you know. Well, Grayson told me that he would, uh, bring home dancers and that sort of thing on the weekends when yeah. she was supposed to be visiting. And, oh, yes. uh, it all sounds so very familiar. Yes. And he would, uh, one time. It was the middle of September, and he was going to take off with the girlfriend. She says, but tomorrow's my birthday. Oh. And he turned around, looked at her, and said, it is? Oh. Yeah. And I was just aghast at that. However, it was something anybody who's had problematic parents can identify with. And uh, I know Eleanor, um, her mother, um, had... Grayson was the go-between um, between her parents, and mm -hmm. there were just a lot of things that happened that really made um, an impact on her, and not in the best way. So, and Eleanor seemed to be very concerned about society, and uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. and uh, she in fact. Um, lived or moved to California in later years and 
she she lived in Downey. Um, well, she lived in Pomona for most of the time. Yeah. But she told people that she lived near Downey. And she mm-hmm. said, because it was such a white-sounding town. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, you can and, tell she was from South Africa. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And, of course, Grayson was totally the other right. way about that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. bless her heart, she was... Uh, she was one of the most open and accepting people. Well, my friends, uh, we have come to the top of the hour. Is there anything I have forgotten, RJ, that you would have liked to have been asked? No, I'm looking at my notes to myself, and I, I've got um, checks next to everything. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. I got to everything for a change. And again, I apologize to our listeners. I am not on top of things right now, but I am trying. Taylor, thank you once again for joining us. It was a and, pleasure. Uh, nice keeping to talk me... to you, RJ. Yes, thank you, Taylor. And, and all you... the best to you, a Melody, not thank... Melanie, Melody. Melody with the D. <laughs> and thank you, not Becky. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Have and a good evening, everyone. You too. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Better grace and is editing us. That's so. right. She didn't want me talking about her lying about her age. And... <laughs> that's there you go, and that's yeah. what it cut out. <laughs> well, they let me say yet again, it is the official perspective of FanFlock Podcast that Grayson Hall was whatever age she said she was. <laughs> At that particular moment in time, that's right. At that particular moment in time. As poor Matt can tell us about trying to change the age on her car. Or the um, B&B registration. The that- B&B registration, yeah. yeah. But uh, now, do you have other projects you're working on right now? Um, I have not been interested in writing anything for quite a long time. And I'm not the type of person to force myself. I know some think that you should, but I just wasn't into it. And um, just... Shortly ago, I was at a particular corner in San Francisco and I smelled eucalyptus and I looked down and there was a plaque uh, that this, the site was a garden. It was a, a small municipal park in San Francisco um, about a person I think I'm interested in writing about now. So well, uh-huh. awesome. very historical figure here in the San Francisco area. Wouldn't be Emperor Norton by any chance. No, no, no. Her name was Mary Ellen Pleasant. Oh, yes. Okay. I actually know someone, uh, Gail Fire, who's a a writer who was Mm -hmm. a, she and her husband sold flowers at the corner of Haight and Ashbury. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I knew about that lady through them, so. That's uh, this will also be cut out. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wonderful thing about being de- being able to edit, right? The um, so you have that coming, and uh, is that something yeah. that you're going to publish through um, Amazon, or are you going to professionally publish that? Or uh, it's too far into the future. I mean, I'm just starting to do my research, and I thought about writing about this person many, many years ago when I uh, lived in San Francisco in the 90s. And someone else wrote a book about her. And so I tossed it aside. And then I read the book with my book group and none of us were terribly impressed with it. So, and I hadn't thought about her in terms of writing about her again until I said just recently. So um, there is a lot of research to do on writing about this woman. So yes. I once wrote a biography on James Dean, and mm-hmm. uh, of course, there have only been eight five eight thousand five hundred <laughs> biographies on James Dean. So, um, the uh, of course now that supposedly he was alive, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yet just again, always, huh? yes, yes, just out of nowhere. Yeah. So, but um, getting back to Grayson. Um, you know, she um, she was both very much an actress, and yet she was so private. And she 
she expressed herself openly, but it was always the grace and it was always grace and hall. The persona? And, yes, her persona. Rather than Shirley she Grossman was. Hall. Yeah. And she um she had a part of herself that she reserved for very few people in many ways. And I wonder if you had had that experience in researching her and talking to her friends and family. Yes, there was a gentleman I came across. He had donated his um, papers to the uh, library there, the Billy Rose Theater collection. And I was reading his papers because Grayson had done a play of his in New Jersey with Alan Alda. Yes. And, mm. and his papers was a, a card from her. And of course it said it was, you know, standard um, note card, uh, Grayson Hall, it said at the top. And she was saying certain things. Thank you so much for blah, blah, blah. And she signed it, surely. Mm -hmm. And yep. so I asked him about that. And he says, I don't know. I mean, he said, that, you know, in, in theater, as one is, actors, the, the, the crew, everybody gets very uh, close, intensely close for short periods of time. And he says they were just genuinely extremely close for, you know, a few months. And uh, for some reason with him, she did let her guard down a bit and, and did refer, did let him call her Shirley. And uh, that's how she referred to herself in writing to him. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, um, it was interesting. They had, I also received the stationery and she in fact had um, a little sort of stick -em note um, thing that uh, it said notes from Shirley. Oh. Oh, and cool. I always, I always wondered if there were people who got the Grayson Hall <laughs> stationery and only a few who got the note from Shirley. Yeah. Met, uh, and of course, Sam had uh, the Allison Samuel Hall uh, yeah. stationery that very few people knew his real first name. Yeah, it was his mother's maiden name, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, but the um, the wonderful thing about her is that she did have an almost childlike uh, protective measure that she would use. And uh, she did open herself to very few people. And, but in small and subtle ways, in different ways, mm -hmm. with different people. At least that's my uh, Well, perception. if you think much about her childhood, it's very easy to understand. She had a very difficult mother and a pretty much yes. an absent father. And her mother was always... You know, I have a great deal of personal experience, so I understand having this sort of dynamic between your parents. And yes. uh, her mother was quite young when she was born. I think yep. she had Shirley when she was 19. Yep. Um, so, you know, and then uh, Joe's, Joseph, her dad, Joe, was this gadabout fly, gadabout town gangster wannabe. So, <laughs> you know. Well, Grayson told me that he would uh, bring home dancers and that sort of thing on the weekends when yeah. she was supposed to be visiting. And, oh, yes. uh, it all sounds so very familiar. <laughs> yes. And he would, uh, one time, it was the middle of September, and he was going to take off with the girlfriend. She says, but tomorrow's my birthday. Oh. And he turned around, looked at her, and said, it is? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was just aghast at that. However, it was something anybody who's had problematic parents can identify with. And uh, I know Eleanor, um, her mother, um, had Grayson was the go-between um, between her parents. And mm -hmm. there were just a lot of things that happened that really made um, an impact on her. And not in the best way. Right. So, and Eleanor seemed to be very concerned about society. and. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she, in fact, um, lived or moved to California in later years. And she, she lived in Downey. Um, well, she lived in Pomona for most of the time. Yeah. But she told people that she lived near Downey. And she mm -hmm. said, because it was such a white-sounding 
town. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, you could and, tell she was from South Africa. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And, of course, Grayson was totally the other Grace. way about that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. bless her heart, she was uh, she was one of the most open and accepting people. Well, my friends, uh, we have come to the top of the hour. Is there anything I have forgotten, RJ, that you would have liked to have been asked? No, I'm looking at my notes to myself, and I, I've got um, checks next to everything. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. I got to everything for a change. Yeah. And again, I apologize to our listeners. I am not on top of things right now, but I am trying. Taylor, thank you once again for joining us. It was a and, pleasure. Uh, nice keeping to talk me... to you, RJ. Yes, thank you, Taylor. And, and all you... the best to you, Melody. Not thank... Melanie, Melody. Melody with the D. <laughs> and thank you, not Becky. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Have and a good evening, everyone. You too. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So you have that coming, and uh, is that something yeah. that you're going to publish through um, Amazon, or are you going to professionally publish that? Or uh, It's too far into the future. I mean, I'm just starting to do my research, and I thought about writing about this person many, many years ago when I uh, lived in San Francisco in the 90s, and someone else wrote a book about her, and so I tossed it aside and then I read the book with the, my book group and none of us were terribly impressed with it so and I hadn't thought about her in terms of writing about her again until I said just recently so um, there is a lot of research to do on writing about this woman so yes I once wrote a biography on James Dean and mm -hmm. uh, of course there have only been eight five eight thousand five hundred Right. biography is on James Dean so um, the uh, of course now that supposedly he was alive uh, <laughs> <laughs> yet just again. Always, huh? yes yes just out of nowhere yeah so but um, getting back to Grayson um, you know she um, she was both very much an actress and yet she was so private and she she expressed herself openly, but it was always the Grayson it was always Grayson Hall. The persona? And, yes, her persona. Rather than Shirley True. Grossman Hall. Yeah. And she um she had a part of herself that she reserved for very few people in many ways. And I wonder if you had had that experience in researching her and talking to her friends and family. Yes, there was a gentleman I came across. He had donated his um, papers to the uh, library there, the Billy Rose Theater collection. And I was reading his papers because Grayson had done a play of his in New Jersey with Alan Alda. Yes. And, mm. and it's papers was a, a card from her. And of course it said it was, you know, standard um, note card, uh, Grayson Hall, it said at the top. And she was saying certain things. Thank you so much for blah, blah, blah. And she signed it, surely. Mm -hmm. yep. And so I asked him about that. And he says, I don't know. I mean, he said, but, you know, in, in theater, as one is, actors, the, the, the crew, everybody gets very uh, close, intensely close for short periods of time. And he says they were just genuinely extremely close for, you know, a few months. And uh, for some reason with him, she did let her guard down a bit and, and did refer, did let him call her Shirley. And uh, that's how she referred to herself in writing to him. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was, um, it was interesting. They had, I also received the stationery and she in fact had um, a little sort of stickum note, um, thing that uh, it said notes from Shirley oh. Oh, and cool. I always I always wondered if there were people who got the Grayson Hall stationery and only a few who got the note from Shirley but uh, and of course Sam had uh, the Allison Samuel Hall uh, yeah. stationery that 
Very few people knew his real first name. Yeah, it was his mother's maiden name, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, but the um, the wonderful thing about her is that she did have an almost childlike uh, protective measure that she would use. And uh, she did open herself to very few people. And, but in small and subtle ways, in different ways, mm-hmm. with different people. At least that's my uh, Well, perception. if you think much about her childhood, it's very easy to understand. She had a very difficult mother and a pretty much yes. an absent father. And her mother was always... You know, I have a great deal of personal experience, so I understand having this sort of dynamic between your parents. And yes. uh, her mother was quite young when she was born. I think yep. she had Shirley when she was 19. Yep. Um, so, you know, and then uh, Joe, Joseph, her dad, Joe, was this gadabout fly, gadabout town gangster wannabe. So, <laughs> you know. Well, Grayson told me that he would uh, bring home dancers and that sort of thing on the weekends when yeah. she was supposed to be visiting. And, oh, yes. It uh, all sounds so very familiar. <laughs> yes. And he would, uh, one time, it was the middle of September, and he was going to take off with the girlfriend. She says, but tomorrow's my birthday. Oh. And he turned around and looked at her and said, it is? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was just aghast at that. However, it was something anybody who's had problematic parents can identify with. And uh, I know Eleanor, um, her mother, um, had Grayson was the go-between um, between her parents. And mm-hmm. there were just a lot of things that happened that really made um, an impact on her. And not in the best way. And Eleanor seemed to be very concerned about society. and. uh, Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, she, in fact, um, lived or moved to California in later years. And she she lived in Downey. Um, Well, she lived in Pomona for most of the time. Yeah. But she, she told people that she lived near Downey. And she mm-hmm. said, because it was such a white-sounding town. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> well, you can and, tell she was from South Africa. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. And, of course, Grayson was totally the other right. way about that kind of thing. And uh, yeah. bless her heart, she was, uh, she was one of the most open and accepting people. Well, my friends, uh, we have come to the top of the hour. Is there anything I have forgotten RJ, that you would have liked to have been asked? No, I'm looking at my notes to myself, and I've I've got um, checks next to everything. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. I got to everything for a change. And again, I apologize to our listeners. I am not on top of things right now, but I am trying. Taylor, thank you once again for joining us. It was a pleasure. uh, Nice to talk to you, RJ. Yes, thank you, Taylor. And, and all you, the best to you, a Melody, not Melanie, Melody. Melody with the D. <laughs> and thank you, not Becky. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Have and a good evening, everyone. You too. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you to my guests. Well, my guest, Rebecca Jamison, and my co-host, Taylor Brooks. Next week, we're going to have another discussion on fandom, fan fiction, fanzines, and fan fiction sites. It's going to be exciting. We're going to be talking to Tammy Marie, and once again, to Monica Rose Kiesel. We hope you'll join us. Thank you.